namaste hello guys welcome back to my channel today i am back with a inspiring live stream with me ella muller and a very special guest so youth's mental well-being in a changing world How are you doing, guys? Please comment down below. What does that mean? What does youth's mental well-being mean? What is mental well-being? Do you know? Let's think about it again. Let's stretch out. Okay, I am pumped up. I am ready. Let's get started. So, what is mental well-being? Hmm, do you know? Mental well-being is about your thoughts and feelings and how you cope with the ups and downs of everyday life. And the perfect person to talk about this topic is with Dr. Hancock. This is her biography. And this is her biography. Dr. Princess Fumi Stephanie Hancock, the princess of suburbia, is an African princess living in diaspora. She is a board-certified psychiatric mental health doctor of nurse practice. She is the CEO of Pool of Bethida Psychiatric Health Clinics in Arizona. Dr. Hancock is an on-air trauma care maestro and global life rehab ambassador. She is one of the first Johnson & Johnson Sunseal Nurse Invasion Fellows whose role is to bridge the gap between Africa and U.S. healthcare systems. She is an award-winning talk show host of an online town hall series, Life Rehab TV, a Hollywood NAFCA African Oscar, and Indefest winning nurse turned filmmaker. She is the first black to grace the TEDx talk in Al Anjal, Saudi Arabia, a best-selling author, helping hurting people rewrite their trauma stories and discover their legacy. A couple of years ago, in one of her rehabilitative storytelling programs, she published 18 extraordinary women called The Fearless Visionary, 
tear the vial and turn them into the first best-selling authors. She is featured on several media outlets, such as CBS, NBC, Fox, and other international TV platforms. Interesting, wasn't that? I've got my points here. Let's get started. So, welcome, Dr. Hancock. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you, Ella. Thanks for having me on your show. It is just incredible, so I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, before we dive right into the conversation, it is important to explore some key facts from the World Health Organization, which states, key fact number one, globally, Depression is one of the leading causes of illnesses and disability among adolescents. Key fact number two, one, one in six people are aged 10 to 19 years. Key fact number three, Mental health conditions account from 16% of the global burden of disease and injury in people aged 10 to 19 years. And key fact number four, suicide is the fourth leading cause of death in the ages of 15 to 19 years old. That's so young. Yes. Key fact number five, half, on, half of all mental health conditions start by 14 years of age, but most cases are undetected. And last but not least, key fact number six, the consequences of not addressing adolescents' mental health conditions extend to adulthood impairing both physical and mental and mental limit, limiting opportunities to lead fulfilling lives as adults. So, Dr. Hancock, you see patients of all age in your practice. What should the world should the world at large be mindful about their mental well-being? Well, I, I tell you, thank you for that, Ella. That's such an important uh, question. Uh, in the case of what we have, the pandemic really raging all over the world right now, it is important that we take care of our mental wealth. Many of us have been in the house. A lot of our youths have been in the house doing their schoolings online and things like that. And because of that, they are deeply slipping into depression and mostly anxiety. In fact, some of them are even going, one in four youths right now are going through what is called suicidal ideation and anger outburst. So those are the things we need to look out for. Okay, interesting. Thank you so much. Did you hear that, guys? <laughs> we noticed from the WHO information that one in six people are aged 10 to 19 years. 
Why is it important to pay attention on the youths? Look, I often say this, the youths are our future, right? You guys are our investment. Ella, you are our investment. That's why I'm sitting here today. I'm not feeling quite well, but I'm here because of you, you. because you are our future. So if we neglect, many of our parents right now are neglecting their giftings. They're neglecting their jewelry. You guys are our treasures. So if we do not invest in, your, in, in you guys, then there's no hope for us adults. So that's why it's important, either as a parent, as a teacher, as somebody who knows someone who has a youth next to them, you, we need to now invest in you guys. You are our future. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So research from mentalhealth.org shows that most youths grow up mentally healthy, but surveys suggest more youths have problems with their mental health today than 30 years ago. Why so? Wow, I love that question. Look, a lot of things are going on today. A lot of uh, pressure is on our youths today, either in school with their peers or they're overwhelmed by the schoolwork or the pandemic, especially that's going on. There's too many demands on our youths right now. And because of that, a lot of our youths do not have that tenacity. They don't have that strength. Look, 30 years ago, our parents just say, look, at, they look at us in the eye, right? If something's wrong, they just look at us with their eye, crossed eye like this. And we know what that means. Today, our kids have more voice. They are able to say whatever is on their heart and just let it rip. But today also, they're also inundated with such media, social media, all kinds of things that is just an assault to the brain. And so because of that, I truly believe that today's youth are facing a lot more where mental health is concerned. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for the answers. I can see that there are a bunch of comments exploding. So let's move on to the comments, maybe. From, let's see. From Romana John Jones. Hello to you two. <laughs> Hello, Ramona. And Stefan Weiser, happy to see you live. And I just want to thank you, Stefan Weiser, especially because you have been with me for, since the beginning of the journey and you've been there every single time. I just want to thank you so much for your support. And I think we have a question from Ramona about social media. Okay, let's read it. Um, or a statement. But social media plays a role. There. Social media plays a role as well, and it's true. That's right. Is there any more comments, Mommy? No? Okay. We can continue. Okay. We live in a changing world, and COVID-19 has been a game changer for everyone. What are some triggers of youth's mental mal-être? Oh, my goodness. Well, the COVID itself is making people anxious, right? Staying in the house for a whole year, that is a trigger. That's a big trigger for our youths right now these days. Many of our youths prior to COVID are not used to doing schoolwork 
on uh, virtually. So that's enough stress too, because some people love it where a lot of our kids are still trying to, they're getting drowned using virtual. They like that touch. Our kids love the social touch. They love to be able to spend time with their kid, with their friends face-to-face. -face. So those are all the triggers that are going on right now with our kids, not being able to have that access. Even now that they have access, they have to stay six foot <laughs> away from each other. And then they have to mask up and all that. Now, I have to say that masking up is good and all that is good. We're just saying those, those are the kinds of things they're not used to that are causing triggers. But more importantly, what Ramona talked about, the social media, the uh, not just social media, the TV media, the radio, the things that they are spouting out right now, some of it is an assault, a direct assault on our youths. And that's why I'm so grateful that someone like you can actually come up with a, a program that is clean, that is neat, and is helping other youths like yourself. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> and are some youths more predisposed to experience mental health problems than others? Well, yes, some of them are, depending on trauma. If you have a kid that has been exposed to trauma, and trauma does not necessarily have to be sexual trauma. It could be physical trauma. It could be emotional trauma. It could be that they, they saw a friend of theirs go through something, or perhaps even just looking and watching the TV that one day and seeing somebody announced as being dead and that person happened to be a youth like themselves. All those kind of trauma can actually trigger things. Many of our youths that are going through mental illness right now, they've been triggered. They have post-traumatic stress syndrome, right? Which we might talk about some other day. And it means, you know, dealing with, st with stress that are in the past, or they're even having something that's called acute, which is right now, right here. So a lot of triggers can come from past trauma. Okay. I understood, and this will help so many people that are watching. Thank you so much. We have yeah, a comment. Ro Ram Ramona Jones. Some children like a thrive from from virtual learning. Others do not do well. That's right. What can we support our youth who need those physical co connections in learning? Wow, I love that. Now, um, some of the things that we could do, I know that many of us are cooked up in the house right now, but we can upset that by taking our kids to the garden, taking them to a bookstore, taking them to a place that they love. They don't necessarily have to stay indoors, but of course they can mask up, but we can also just take them to find out what do your kids love to do? Do they love to read? Do they love to entertain? Where do they love to go? You guys can go on a day trip. It doesn't have to be a whole week trip. It can be a day trip to somewhere that that kid loves so that when that kid comes back home, that kid is ready and able to now get up and do what he or she needs to do virtually. That is amazing. And I think, like you said, with the bookstore, I think I'll try that out. <laughs> I do that um, myself, so that's why. 
Okay, Stefan Weiser. Might it be true, true that nowadays parents and children are less communicative together than years ago? Oh my goodness. I love that. You have you have you have a family that has a three bedroom and everybody is staying in each bedroom. And when they want to talk to each other, guess what they pick up? They pick up their phone because they don't want to get up to go to the next door. So you find them texting each other and they're mm -hmm. in the same home. I'm guilty of that too. Because there have been times where I is like, yes, oh, I don't so get and I just text my husband downstairs and say, Hey, can you please get me something? So there's less communication. In the olden days, everybody have to sit around the table and have to discuss things during dinner. And you know, in, in the olden days too, if you if you get in trouble in school, from school all the way to home, everybody in between is you know dealing with you before you even get home, before your parent now deal with you. But now these days. You dare not touch anybody's child. You dare not talk about it because if you do, somebody might say, oh, you're abusing somebody. So there is a lot of difference in the way that we raise our children now than in the olden days. And Ramona Phillips, thank you so much for joining. Uh, that's another Ramona. Thank you. Thank you. And my mommy just yells instead of texting. That's also another trick for you moms out there. <laughs> ah, I love that. <laughs> so what are some key wait did i already say that ah what are some key pointers that indicate a youth is struggling with their mental well-being wow what a what a what a fascinating uh question number one they're very very sad when your kid who used to be you know up in your face before suddenly is withdrawn and suddenly wants to stay in their room and you go into their room, they're agitated, they're sad, they don't want to deal with you, they're having problems falling asleep, they're having problems staying asleep, and when you come in, they yell at you and say, leave me alone, they're withdrawn from friends, they don't want to talk to anybody, they don't want to talk to their siblings, they don't want to talk to friends, and then when you finally talk to them, they tell you that they're seeing things or hearing things, or they tell you that, oh my God, you know, I feel like cutting my, you know, or they actually go ahead and start cutting or they go ahead and tell you that they feel like they're, they're not worth it. They're, they feel worthless. They feel like they're hopeless. These are telltale signs that you need to seek help right away. And I mean, right away for that child. Yes. Thank you so much. You're I'll welcome. keep an eye on that. Oh, another room, Ramona. So this is Ramona Phillips. Beautiful. Hey, Ella. Hey, princess. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and Ramona Phillips says again, good question. Thank you. Awesome. I'm very curious. And how can you start working on their mental well-being? Well, communication is number one, is key. Because if you don't have that rapport with your child, your child will not have that freedom to even want to tell you. I can't tell you how many times that I have had to see kids in my practice that 
their children, when they start, when I start asking them questions, when I do psychiatric evaluation, that you could see their parents are shocked by what they say. Many of them are like, well, we didn't know that they had suicidal thoughts. We didn't know that that's. So communication is number one, is key. Having that communication, communication with your child so that your child have that latitude and that flexibility to be able to come and tell you, look, I'm depressed, look, I'm anxious, look, I feel like, you know, attempting, you know, suicide. That is the first thing. You communicate, then you are able to. When once you've communicated, then don't deny it. A lot of our parents, we tend to deny things and trying to close our eyes and think that, okay, if we close our eyes long enough, this situation will work itself out. No, communicate. Once they communicate, then take action. Okay, communicate. Communication. Communication. And Ramona Jones says, do you think that is in some ways we couldn't, we connect more or share more via text messaging than we would share in person. Which in person, how might we use all forms of communication to strengthen relationships that support mental well-being? Wow, I love that question. Thank you, Ramona Jones, for asking that question. Here's the deal. Um, the world that we live these days is quite different, right? In the olden days, we don't have all the text and all, you know, all the FaceTime and all. We didn't have all that. So we we had no choice but to actually go and visit people. These days is more technology, and we have to be aware of that. I know for myself in this pandemic, I do not tend to use a lot of text with my, my children. What I do more is FaceTime. I want to hear them. I want to see their faces when they tell me that they're okay. Because how many of us know that youths, they know how to fake it. They know how to fake it. They can be smiling, but yet they're dying in the inside. But if I'm able to eyeball you, I'm able to really say, even when you're smiling, telling me, oh, mommy, I'm okay. I'm able to see through it. So FaceTiming, y'all, if you're not used to FaceTiming, you better start FaceTiming your children. And you know what? Children can be 40 years old. It doesn't matter. They're still your babies. So you need to FaceTime. You need not just text alone, but really looking in their eyes so that when they tell you that they are okay, you can truly see it, that they are okay. In these times, we have to be very, very careful because our, ch our children do not want to bother us. They don't want to tell us the whole truth about what's going on in their insides because they are, one, afraid that you might not believe it, or second, they're afraid that they're going to rock your world and they don't want to bother you, or thirdly, they feel like they might be ridiculed. So they'll say, I'm okay. There's no big deal. But when you FaceTime them, when you look at them, you can tell. So let's start using that communication much more better than just texting. Yes, I sometimes feel like that. I say, yeah, I'm okay, even though I'm not okay. That's right. Yes, sometimes. And um, with me and my mom, we don't FaceTime, we don't talk, we don't text. We really, this is this is my mom. I look like, really? Do we just look <laughs> face to face? That's right. 
And Ramona Phillips says, good answer, Dr. Fumi. Thank you, Ramona. There are so many comments. My mom says that it's exploding out of the house. Um, there's another one. Yes, communication and a healthy relationship with parents. And, oh, we have another person who joined. Wendy L. Alexander. Hey, Miss Wendy. Yes. Roma Phillips says again, yes, parents don't like to deal with these issues. It's scary. It's very scary. I cannot tell you how many parents that I see when they come in and their eyes is like when their kids. Let me give you an example. I had a I had a young uh, a youth that came at the age of 18. Prior to 18, he tells me during psychiatric evaluation that from five years old till that day, he had been feeling homicidal. Homicidal means he goes out and when he's by something, somebody he wants to kill. It feels like he needs to kill somebody. He has been feeling like this since he was five years old. And at 18, he finally told the parent, you either come with me or something because I need to seek help. This is what is going on with some of our parents. We are trying to close our eyes to things that we need help with. And the kid finally tell to the mother, look, I don't know how I even made it from five to 18, but if I, if I go out and hurt somebody now, I will be in prison for the rest of my life. So I'm seeking help. And now he's seeking help and doing well. Okay. I'm praying for that guy that it gets better. That's right. To all you guys, to all of us, you don't think of that. And yes, FaceTime, Ramona Phillips says. Oh, and oh, there's a new person. Mohadi. Mohadi Tamahanyan. Yes, that name. She's from South Africa. Oh, okay. New information. (laughs) Thank you. This is powerful stuff indeed. We need more people to join in and learn we need this info information in our communities thank you dr hancock and ella you're welcome thank you thank you miss muhadi and romana jones says yes we can't be afraid to deal with the answer or statement our child gives give us how how can parents get help in supporting their children who express mental health struggles? Wow. All right. So let's talk about that a little bit. Every community has what we call mental health clinics like myself. You know, I live in Arizona here and I have some mental health clinics. So you can go on and thank God for Google. You can go and Google mental health clinics in your communities. The other part, the other great part about it now is that we have virtual, right? Virtual visitation. Just like myself and Ayla are doing this right now, you can literally, if you come from a silent culture like myself, like Africa, where we don't want to say it, we don't want anybody to know because of the stigma, good thing. The good thing now is you have access to 
uh, a, a therapist, you have access to a psychiatric provider like myself, because there are times you might need a combination of medication and psychotherapy. So first thing first, Google your area, your zip code or wherever you are, right? South Africa, Nigeria, wherever you are, Google and look for virtual help. It's right there. Okay. We have another information and Stefan Weiser, trust and support as key factor for strengthening. That's right. That's a good one. And Wendy L. Alexander says, yes, I, I was the one of the teenager that said I was okay, but wasn't. Yes. And, and I happen to know Wendy, she's one of the fearless visionaries. Uh, one of the best-selling authors that I helped to publish a book. And when Ooh. she was a teenager, when she started writing about her story, she was telling me all kinds of things. She wasn't telling us exactly the story. Eventually, she finally told us how she attempted suicide several times, attempted. I want you all to hear this. If you're a youth hearing that, how she attempted, and she's older now, right how she attempted to that suicide several times how she was in a relationship as a teenager and that person tried to you know put a gun to her to uh to her face these are the kind of things that our youths are going that, are, that is going on with our youths these days and thank you ella for bringing this to your platform so that people across the world and globally can see not just youth alone but parents too can see and begin to look at the telltale signs with their children thank you i think i'll be doing this more often this, this absolutely more, more information and it helps people too and ramona phillips says I felt I had no one to talk to when I was a child and teenager. I felt on one on one would understand. My mother was young and needed help herself. Wow, that's that's yeah, that's that's a big one there because for example, when we have teenagers that get pregnant, where do they go to? And mm -hmm. the fact is there are teenagers that do get pregnant, you know, and they are, they are young themselves. And now you have the young getting pregnant, trying to take care of the young. So where do they go? Ramona Phillips is one of the fearless visionaries too, who has gone through hell and came out behind her trauma. And she had something that's called trauma defeated. So she too is one that is on the platform letting people know the importance of mental health wellness that you are bringing to the forefront now a lot today. So I am so glad because at times we older folks tend to talk a lot about it and nobody's listening. But you, the youth, right? You guys are our future. People are going to listen. People are going to want to hear more from you because you are the youth. You have the voice and people and youths like yourself will hear what you have to say about mental health. Thank you. You're so welcome. is Ramona Phillips one of the... 18 women that you helped to publish the book? Exactly. She's one of those two. And she she's a best-selling author too. She has a story. A story is very, very powerful with the fearless visionaries tear the veil. They all tore their veil. They tore the veil so that people like you to give room for youths like yourself so that people can be very serious with 
their children, not just with their children. But here's the thing, though. When you have a parent that is still dealing with a lot, how do they see youths? How do they see their children dealing with something? Because they themselves are in so much pain and they're not able to see that their children are in pain too. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, Ramona Phillips says, thank you, Ellen, Princess Fumi. Hugs. You're welcome. Hugs You're welcome. to you too. And I would like to add to your advice that our families is a great support system as well and right. we should find in our uh, close network someone we can share our sorrows with because it helps wow. that's right well and wendy alexandra says to you ella he says hey ella you are amazing <laughs> thank you <laughs> And Wendy L. Alexander, you also helped her to publish a book. Yes, absolutely. She's also one of the 18 fearless visionaries that uh, tore her veil, even though she didn't want to tear it. She was telling me all kinds of stories until we finally got her to really tell the real story. And that's the one that I mentioned earlier uh, to you. Okay, thank you. And um, and finally, we should get into the habit of meditating That's and right. appreciate and appreciating the now, not before, not what's coming next, the now. That's right. That's right. So, oh, Ramona Phillips says, "I agree with Wendy. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> We're busting out of comments here. Oh, that's awesome." Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, I do not want to stop here, but we have to. Because yeah. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, uh, Wendy says appreciating the now, right? We need yes. to appreciate the now. So, um, let me let me just throw one, one other thing uh, to it that... If you are a parent right now that you're watching, if you are a youth right now that you are watching, I want you to know that there is hope. I want you to know that there is help. I need for you to know that regardless of the relationship that you may or may not have with the adult in your life, you can seek help, right? You are in school. Schools have counselors that you can talk with. Even if you don't feel comfortable talking to your um, to your parent about it, or you don't feel comfortable talking to the adult in the home, you can always start by talking to a counselor in your school. So please seek help. Thank you. And let's just now appreciate the now, like I said, in the third um the third little sentence is <laughs> just put our hands here and appreciate for just two seconds. Thank you so much, Dr. Fumi, Dr. Han Hancock 
Fumi for um for this amazing uh, conversation and to all our viewers that are watching right now worldwide please remember to stay mindful stay healthy and i will see you in the next live stream bye thank you bye so bye much. everybody thank you for coming bye bye, -bye now <laughs>